0: Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and definitely uh, do not have mother issues uh, as far as I know. I'm joined this week by my stalwart companion and co-host and man who I think would not eat me if he was a giant shark, Jesse. How you doing, Jesse? I'm good, man,
1: but I don't know. You know, long enough without food. I mean... Sharks got
0: to survive, right? So you never know. I mean, I guess, but I'm also really hairy. I don't think that would, that would, I'm guessing that wouldn't taste good.
1: I didn't say I was looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we're actually joined again uh, this week by one of our friends and at this point, uh, reoccurring guests, I feel like, and um, I don't know probably would probably definitely control rats if he had the power and would do good with them though i feel like uh kevin how you doing kevin oh thank
2: you i'm doing great
0: thanks for having me i definitely i think i could talk to some rats i think they'd befriend me they're really smart too like i mean i feel like it's you know that's not a bad superpower
2: no not at all i thought you know i'd be more of the macho you know peacemaker kind of Role personally, but you know, that's fine. I, I, I could be the rat, I could be the rat guy, rat catcher, rat catcher three,
0: rat rat catcher three. I, I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like imply that you'd eat like an entire uh beach of dicks, though. So <laughs> that, <I>, that was <laughs> hey, again, you don't know <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Um, well, um, I think that if uh, if you have seen the recent movie that we saw, you would kind of get these references. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about the um, the suicide squad uh movie that just came out here um, the the one that was directed by uh James Gunn and is, is is did we ever figure out if it's the or the um I know Kevin, you have opinions on the use of that word <laughs> I guess I should have paid attention to when they said it but I, I think it's the I think
2: it's the right the the, the. I think it's the I mean I'm... that's
0: at least what we're gonna call it on this show. So. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, actually, I think Jesse, you said you wanted to take lead on this. So I'll turn it over to you now.
1: Thank you, kind sir. I'll try not to drive us right into a ditch or anything like that. But um, The Suicide Squad, as Kevin said, jeez, uh, Michael, wow. I'm already already going off course here. Sorry. <laughs> as Michael said, was directed by James Gunn. It stars Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, of all people. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, Sylvester Stallone, Viola Davis, and an ensemble of other famous actors, uh, some of which appear in this movie more than others, and that's all that I'll say about that. But um, this is sort of a you know halfway sequel, halfway reboot of Suicide Squad, the 2016 film from David Ayer. And I think what they're trying to do here is they had or what I had assumed what they were trying to do is that they saw what James Gunn did with Guardians of the Galaxy, thought, wow, that's what we need over here for this franchise, and then brought him in to bring some of that good fortune um, into a universe that sorely could use some some better movies uh, all around. um Overall, guys, uh, we were planning on going to see this together. Uh, Michael and I came down with the death cold um, that has been going around in Denver. Uh, So we did not get to see this together, but we watched it on HBO Max, um, which is going to continue to be a thing, I guess, with Warner Brothers movies for the foreseeable future. That they are released simultaneously on Max and in theaters. And yeah, so I've had about a week to digest this thing, uh, probably a lot longer than victims of the shark guy are digested. So okay. what are you what are your guys's overall non-spoiler general thoughts of this movie? And I will pass it to whomever wants to hop in.
2: I mean, I, I always think Kevin should go first when he's our guest, so. I mean, I'm still, I'm I'm trying to figure out what you mean by the death cold here. Like, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, there's another, another cold going around, another disease. That, that's kind of freaky. But, well, uh, it, you know. It has been kicking
1: my butt for about a week now, and usually I bounce back a little faster from colds than that, so I call it that. Uh, Michael, I'm has had a, I think, similarly negative well, experience with it. Maybe yeah.
2: maybe you two are part of the squad one, you know, that hits the beach first because I, I didn't get a death cold. So maybe, you know, maybe that's what's going on here.
1: And yet you're at the uh, same bachelor party
2: that we were. So <laughs> you got lucky somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for the film overall, you know, I, uh, I as, as someone who was on an airplane when I watched the original Suicide Squad and, it was greatly deeply bored and even fell asleep and i'm not even sure i finished it um i I'm, i was thrilled with this movie i had a lot of fun um it was jarring to me how far we've come with these comic book movies that something so ridiculous and outrageous and disgusting uh could be on our screens and we could you know just accept it i get i think it's a really cool testament to how far the genre has been pushed and how far um they pushed it here um you know especially for james gunn like i i, I was really impressed I, I had a great great time watching it um and any weirdness i had throughout you know by the end i was totally on board and um you know looking back i th- I, I loved every moment of it honestly
1: Awesome. Awesome. Miguel, would you like to share your thoughts?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so I think my thoughts are running a little bit less excited than I think Kevin's are. Um, I was to be clear, um, the sorry, the separate than the title, the, the suicide squad movie from 2016. I didn't, that one was, yeah, that's, it was pretty boring in many parts. Um, it was odd and weird. I liked, I liked some of the characters that were in it. Um, and then I watched this one and I was, I was excited to be clear. I was, this isn't like me being like, uh, a Marvel fanboy where I'm like, I'm just going to not like anything DC grump or rump. Um, I was, I was excited about this. I was really, I really was anticipating this. I was, um, it looked funny. It looked good. Um, I loved the cast that they had. A lot of the characters um, that I know from comics and stuff like that were in there. It was, you know, interesting to see who people were particularly playing and uh, kind of just the goofiness that I know comes around those characters. Um, So it was cool and exciting. And I enjoyed parts of it. I thought parts of it were funny. And then I thought other parts of it were tedious and other parts of it were boring and just... I wanted to move on from certain parts and go to, you know, it, it, to see other parts of it continue to play out. So uh, it was standard. It wasn't something that I think I'm ever going to go out of my way to watch again. But if it's on, I'll definitely give it a watch. I'll, I'll I'll watch back through it and stuff. See if I maybe like it on another viewing or notice something that I missed the first time around. But, I mean, I'm, yeah, blueprint I mean, have- on it. I'm very
2: curious. I, I I can't believe you called it standard.
0: I I I don't know. It just it feels. It just at this point it just kind of feels like it, I was expecting something bigger. I guess that's the thing. It's standard to me because it just felt like we've kind of seen some of this stuff before in different areas. I was just I wanted bigger comedy. I wanted bigger action scenes. It it just kind of. I don't, I, I feel like I'm going to, it's too spoily if I like get into like some of the parts that bug me, but, um, I know th- there was violence, but you know, I've seen John Wick. I've watched, you know, bl- the, uh, the blade movies were just as violent. I feel like sometimes as this movie was, um, so I don't know. That's, it just, some parts just kind of were, eh, other parts of it were good. It was a roller coaster for me of caring and not caring. So,
1: you know, yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard you say Rumpf before, but (laughs) if you were a comic book character, that's definitely the sound bubble I would expect to see drawn over you when your character was upset. So spot on, spot on. Thanks. Um, Yeah, I I think (laughs) for me, I'm leaning more Kevin's direction on this one. And for the first time amongst this group, I am not. The lonely man on
2: the island who <laughs> actually enjoyed the movie. So welcome, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> it's here. It's, it's I'm, nice. I, I must be getting soft on my analysis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. I myself didn't have huge expectations for this just because how DC has kind of been all over the place in terms of the quality of <clears throat> their movie universe. And the fact that they have had a hard time kind of figuring out who and what they want to be in terms of, you know, this, this larger universe of movies. I like James Gunn. Um, he's done, I, I thought he did a good job with the guardians movies. I have liked some other stuff that he's done, um, but I, you know, just overall coming off of the last time they tried to do suicide squad, I just didn't have really high hopes. So maybe that, helped a little bit that i you know just really enjoyed this um i think it really did i think have a good balance of heart action (laughs) violence and then those jokes thrown in in between i thought by far from start to finish this was one of the more steady and even stories and scripts that DC has done uh, at least with you know some of the last few movies I've seen them do so overall it, it was a good time um I don't know that you know this makes me more hopeful or optimistic about maybe they're starting to figure it out and we'll start to turn things around in terms of you know future projects but it was a good time I you know, and especially for a group of characters most of which I've knew nothing about, I mean, the the polka dot man, for God's sakes. I had no idea who that guy was. Um, and same for a
0: few of these others, but... Uh... Come, you, you don't know polka dot man? He's right <laughs> up there with Condiment King and and, and uh, the, the penny pitcher. Um...
1: Is, is Condiment King the guy who shoots, like, ketchup and
0: mustard out of those, like, guns
1: at, at people?
0: Yes, and I think he was originally... Uh, a Batman villain. Um, I, I was
1: gonna say, I remember him actually, but well, that's only because of Batman the animated series. So,
2: <laughs> well, I feel like we need a new segment where you list three real superheroes and one fake one, and I have to figure <laughs> out which one's the fake one because I thought, the, or, or villains, whatever, because I thought those were all made up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, it's all made up, Kevin. Well, so. I thought it was
2: further made up, Michael's wild mind.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, two two truths and a lie. Michael's uh, <laughs> yeah. character version would be interesting. Deep dive,
0: deep dive into
1: yeah, his his encyclopedia oh. that he has in his brain. There. Sorry, but, sorry, um... it's,
0: it's the penny plunderer. I, the penny pincher is from SpongeBob. I was getting my.
1: <laughs> now you're just so, Yeah, that's that's good.
0: And, and to be clear, that's where, you know, when you see Batman's Lair, uh, sorry, this is a super tangent, but uh, you know when you see Batman's Lair and there's that giant penny that's in there, uh, many people think that that's from Two-Face, but it's actually from the Penny Plunder. So wow. now you know. Now, now we have to have another game where it's a
2: DC villain <laughs> or Spongebob character.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I, I feel like I'll do really badly at that. But, uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, yeah, overall I thought, but the takeaway I had from this is it was just really I thought consistently good throughout in terms of its quality. Whereas, again, other DC films I feel like have been, as Michael you know felt about this one, a bit of a roller coaster ride uh, throughout. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I don't really have anything very negative to say here.
2: Yeah. So I like to view this like in, and uh, this isn't completely fair, but you know, obviously when. the original suicide squad came out and it was met with not great reviews uh you know like this could have this could have been like dead and you know they could have never gone back to this well Mm -hmm. um but i think it's cool that they did and they you know temporarily stole james gunn from disney for a lot you know for reasons and (laughs) and gave it another shot and like breathed new life into it So like I I view this as a success because I'm also comparing it to like how they are, you know, handled the justice league thing, which I know the justice league thing wouldn't have happened without COVID or whatever, but releasing like the Snyder cut versus it's just like resetting on the justice league. Like I I think, you know, like a reset like this is a much better way to go with fresh eyes and a new director and a new writer and, Mm. you know, like being able to take risks. So like, to me, you know, apparently, I come on this podcast for odd d c remakes or cuts um but to me, it just seemed like such a much more successful way to go about business for them and and I think um i I know it has its shortcomings, but it was it was a lot of fun, and I think you know I'm just trying to overall be positive towards like this as a business decision versus just dropping a four hour ridiculous. Ridiculous movie onto HBO. You know, I, I much prefer this way of going about things.
1: You would definitely do this from a theatrical standpoint. Yes, uh, yes, I I would agree with you there, yeah. um, Michael. Any any other thoughts you wanted to
0: add? Yeah, I mean, to be clear, I and I'm not saying you guys are saying otherwise. I it's I don't know. I was just hoping for more ridiculousness out of this I guess I I just after the kind of what was the disappointment of the other suicide squad and I know the director has come out and said like what we saw as the suicide squad wasn't what he had for his artistic vision now I'm not saying we should get uh, DC should stop putting out director cuts of it that are <laughs> you know like yeah it's we, just 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 take your lumps and move on I feel like um What's funny about that, and then I'll let you continue, yeah. is
1: uh, David Ayer said that about Suicide Squad, that we didn't see his film. And then Martin Campbell, who did Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern back when, also said that you know he was the victim of uh, studio Warner Brothers interference and that he never got to do his actual movie either. So it's almost like the me... Movement of DC directors or was coming out and talking about how much Morning Brothers has messed around with their stuff. And I, you know, you would say, like, no, oh, come on, guys, it's, it can't be everybody. But I mean, those two guys have done other movies that are good. So it, it was kind of weird that those two movies were
2: so bad in terms of, you know, comparing to their other work, you know? Yeah. That's I, well, this movie seems like the, the least one of DC that it was meddled with other than the Snyder cut, I guess. But, yeah. And that's, like, that's what I, that's what I, what what I the beauty of it was like <sighs> some of, and I guess you're saying there wasn't enough jokes, but I thought some of the jokes were so absurd that I was like, I was just shocked to let, to see DC let their ha- hair down in this. Like I did not think it was possible. And maybe it's a sign that they're going to start trusting their people to make the movies. Like they hired them to do in the first place. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's just a flash, in the, just a random, random moment of good times. I don't know. <laughs> and to be clear, James Gunn did come out and say that this was
1: his movie the way that he wanted to do it. So that's, I think, 100% on the money there.
2: What a, what a world we live in that now directors have to come out and say, confirm or deny whether the movie they, they directed is the movie that they directed.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that's like the big thing is that like, it just kind of feels lame to me that it, with i just kind of i wanted more out of this i just felt like i'm just kind of disappointed i feel a little disappointed a little let down that this wasn't more fun i guess to watch it all the way through there were just parts and lulls in it that i just were like okay i don't care about what's happening right now bring me back to the the what the suicide suicide squad's all about which is you know rampantly murdering people and doing ridiculous missions
2: well, what about, so I mean, like, so I don't know if we want to get into spoilers, but you open up what? and with a bang, right? Yeah. And then what about like the the Bloodsport and Peacemaker going through the village and competing with each other for the most ridiculous kills and and then that reveal, you know, what ended up happening there. Mm-hmm like and, that, yeah, there's there's so many of those moments i felt like
1: yeah this, but is getting, this is getting a tad spoilery. yeah again, so just real quick did mm-hmm. do you want to add any other non-spoiler thoughts before we go on that tangent
0: i mean i think i liked um i think they did a really good job with the casting in this one i do want to say that before we get like even uh with particular characters that we don't get to hang around or like that we only see a little bit of um, I think everyone did a really good job. There's only like a few acting uh, choices that were made that I kind of that, that um, irked me a little. Um, I think uh, who did they get to play Amanda Waller? Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola Davis. Solid. I think she's a very so- she was a very good uh, choice for that. There were some acting choices that she made that they made. I don't know. And this is where it gets kind of confusing. Was it James Gunn? Was it her? Was it the script? You know, it's type stuff. There was a few acting choices that they made with her uh that character uh that i kind of was like "Eh, this is not how i remember her from like you know some of the comics i've read some of the other media i've seen her that character in so a little bit but i think they did they they did a solid job all around with the casting here um there was really no one that was disappointing to me
1: yeah i am glad that they didn't completely just blow up the original cast too and that they brought over some of those same actors viola yeah. Davis as waller margot robbie of course as harley quinn get a man rick flag even jai courtney as uh, <laughs> uh, captain boomerang i mean it was nice to have like some semblance of cohesion that we weren't just totally blowing this up because i i didn't think the cast was necessarily the problem in the
0: first movie
1: either I well, that, that movie had some other issues going on.
0: I mean, from my understanding, Jared Leto was not the best, <laughs> most interesting person to work, or was a very interesting person to work with, so...
1: Well, besides, <laughs> uh, Mr. Reach Around there. But, mm. uh, yeah, uh, Cass was good. Um, any other quick thoughts, and then we can get into some spoilers. No, I'm good. Spoiler away. Right. Michael, so... You were talking about how you wanted to see more, essentially. And that was kind of your overarching thoughts. So where where were some scenes or some sequences in here that kind of just fell flat for you and you felt could have, I don't know, uh, reached a higher level in some sense?
0: I mean, so yeah. So from this point on, I would say we're definitely definitely spoilers. So if you haven't seen it and want to see it, I would say stop here, uh, come back around. (laughs) get the fuck out of here yeah exactly um so i think i don't so the kevin you were talking about like oh well there's this thing i just feel like there was so many there was these super hyper violent moments and then there was like these long lulls of nothing and that's kind of where it bugged me was sometimes is it felt like the pacing was a little just felt a little off to me in the sense that there wasn't more kind of there's only, there's like showcase moments, which were nice, but I just kind of felt like they were showcase moments. And then we went back to whatever else we were doing. And that's, it just, I I, I liked them. I liked the whole beach assault. That was kind of fun, goofy. Um, there's a part of me that really thinks um, this kind of goes to the Amanda Waller character that they're depicting in this movie. Um, she's not as good at her job as she's supposed to be, which is, um, you know, the only I feel like the only person that should ever beat Amanda Waller and like a smart person knows all the plans contest should be Batman, because that's his superpower, essentially, is, you know, he knows everything type stuff. And it feels like she just got blindsided left, right and center throughout this entire movie. The I can't even remember his character. Um, uh, the guy that uh, Pete uh, Davidson played. Um, like Bullseye Bullshot. I don't know whatever character he was. Uh, like selling them out? Like they were all like surprised by that. And it's like how did he do that? He's 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 in a like maximum security prison. How did he sell everybody out? So um, Blackguard was the character. Oh yeah, Blackguard. Okay, that's right. Yep, yep, yep.
2: Um, did they sell I mean did, did he actually sell them out? I thought the whole point of the first group was that like, she knew that they were just a distraction.
0: Well, they were a distraction, but I unless they unless they're acting for acting's sake, which is a bad direction then if they're acting for us the audience then 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 that's bad script writing because we as an audience member don't need it like we shouldn't they shouldn't be surprised for us the voyeurs like they shouldn't know we're here so therefore they shouldn't have been surprised if they knew blackguards sold them out but they didn't. They were it's like, oh, no, Blackguard sold them out, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think they were supposed to draw them over there. I think that was the plan in the entire original, like in the original idea was that this team A whatever, the ones that we first see are supposed to draw them over. And then team B gets on the beach, no problem. But I don't think they knew Blackguard sold them out. And that was where I kind of got a little like, well, wh- what's happening here? Why doesn't Amanda Waller realize that Blackguard's been communicating with them? and if that if she did know that then why did they act surprised about it then they should have said this is go- oh. you know black selling them out and they shouldn't have sounded so surprised about it right. so i don't know yeah just... and I, I guess i don't have the history with the character
2: with amanda waller character so i guess like going in like for me it's just like mm-hmm. she's obviously heartless and very focused on the mission and very business oriented you know like just purely acting on the behalf of the american government or whatever you know and so I, I got that characterization and then you know seeing her team bet money like e- these are very cold people and so like it mm-hmm. worked for me but i didn't I, I don't necessarily have the history of like what she should be
0: yeah you know? and, and and that's you know that's my baggage to bear in kind of viewing this is that <laughs> i remember her from um what is it Bat uh justice league the animated series um mm-hmm. i think they uh, she shows up in justice league unlimited i think it is when she shows up um but she like leads like there's a episode in that the uh the animated stuff that's task force x uh which is essentially like the suicide squad um in there they have like Deadshot and plastique who's uh, an explosive villain um but they have like a few other people and like that's like rick flag is in that um and so in that she's like very calm and cool and collected in that entire series and only ever very rarely ever shows like any sort of like outward anger or emotion and so watching her like you know when blood sport takes the pen the pen and almost jabs it into her neck and she's like stand down and just like kind of just a calm cool collected stand down and everyone's like still freaking out and then she like yells meanly i'm just like wait No, she's in complete control of this situation. She knows he's not going to stab her. She's three steps ahead of this guy. She doesn't need to yell, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it's just for me, it just felt like they were kind of took her character in a little bit of a different direction. And I feel like she's been been betrayed in a lot of other stuff. The only time she really starts freaking out is when everything goes off the rail on her missions at towards the end when the the subsequent suicide squad like grows a conscience at the very end and then she gets mad and frustrated because they're supposed to be like mindless killers. That's the reason they put them in these situations. So I don't know. That was that was kind of one of the things about me. I, I love the action scene and kind of going back to what I was talking about. Um and like them going through the the camp that was fun. I enjoyed that kind of reveal that like they're like oh Rick no Rick's Rick flags like perfectly fine he hasn't been actually captured these are actually good guys and you just killed the entire camp <laughs> um that was fun I liked that because that was like I feel it was like yep that's the thing the Suicide Squad would do yep yep okay I'm on board at that but I don't know it just felt like there was so many so much of this movie where I was watching it where there's like parts of it that just blur out to me and I don't remember how they got from like point a to point b I don't remember what happens between you know the what happens after they get to that they get to the the camp and then they get to the strip club and i don't really remember what happens between there that's kind of the part that's kind of the thing that just is to me is that it just parts of it just faded away into nothing in my mind i I guess in my head it
2: was that the the highs were so high that i don't like the other parts aren't there but that's just because i remember so much other stuff from the movie i don't know there's like so much like happened in my, in my head, but I I see what you're saying. The pacing had its moments for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think
1: it was flawless as a film by by any means. I I wouldn't say that. And to be fair to Michael, I think part of the frustration for a lot of uh, DC comic book fans for this movie universe is that, the characters just don't feel authentic to their comic book selves and that was true in snyder's films i think that's true here to an extent and when you have something like you know the dc animated universe where they so wonderfully captured the spirit and you know the elements of all those different characters I think the fans just get a little frustrated. Well, why can't they do that more authentically here, you know? And so I, I don't think Michael's probably not alone in that. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that everybody would just kind of go off on tangents where they were randomly shrieking and cursing and dropping F-bombs. And that, that didn't seem to be exclusive to Waller's character. That, that was kind of rampant mm-hmm. throughout, in my opinion. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think it kind of, when you have everybody dropping F-bombs and expletives left and right, I think it lessens the impact when that actually happens. Um, So, yeah. uh, otherwise, I thought some of the violence was, you know, maybe a bit gratuitous in some parts. Um, And this is James Gunn, again, who... I know a lot of people just know from the Guardians films, um, but he did the script for, I think, Dawn of the Dead, which was directed by Zack Snyder, which you guys roasted <laughs> me for not having seen. Um, he also... Did, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you seen it yet? I have
0: not seen it yet.
1: It's not spooky season yet. Give me a break. Oh, my gosh. Um, Jeez. And then <laughs> he also did Slither, which of course, you know, is r-rated and gross but um so i i'm not surprised that this movie was like that given some of his other work i think it was maybe just a little bit much in some places but it didn't necessarily take me out of the experience or or dampen it that much i would what are kevin what are what are some of your thoughts you know on things that you liked you know that you know really kind of heightened this experience for you?
2: Uh, I mean, I I loved all the characters. I, again, since I wasn't familiar with any of them, I didn't have any, like, it was all just, it it felt like it was all, they're just making up new characters as they went (laughs) along. And I know they have histories, but to me, I was just like, oh, this is great. Like, what the hell else are they going to come up with? Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I, I loved the dynamic that each one brought. You know, they even like made a joke about Bloodsport and, uh, um peacemaker you know having the same archetype and having the same role um you know and, and they, they like brought that up but you know they clearly had different missions going on and they clearly brought something different to the team um i love ratcatcher i love the realness she brought to the team and and the nice cameo at the end with the original ratcatcher and I I I even enjoyed John Cena. I think John Cena is my favorite uh, wrestling actor, like way <laughs> way more than Batista and and The Rock. He, you know, he he has this like ability to play uh, like play a mockery of himself, but f- you know, you kind of feel like he's in on the joke, like um, in, in a really great way, and. You know, there's the. I don't know if you guys saw the end scenes, the secret scenes at the end, um, but clearly they're setting that up for, I guess there's a television, a TV uh, series on HBO Max that he's going to be a part of. Of
1: course, there
2: is. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how much more content we need, but whatever. That's fine. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Um, They clearly had a lot of fun with him. Cena is
1: all about this movie, too. He's been wearing his costume at the red carpet premiere, he's been wearing it. At interviews with the other cast members, the only one in costume, everyone else (laughs) just wearing normal shit. So, I mean, he is 100% all in that this is, like, his favorite thing he's
0: ever done. So, yeah, uh, quick thing on that, too, um, on Cena, like, loving this role, um, do, do any of you, do either of you follow him on Instagram? No. Uh, negative. Negative. Okay. Um, so, is not on Instagram at all. I am, not, I am not on the gram. I, I know. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just wanted to throw out there. Uh, so, leading up to, the, and actually, I had to explain this joke to Lindsay because he was posting like pictures of the 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 uh, of like from the movie, and he would have himself. The costume would be there, but he would have himself edited out of the picture, so it would just be his costume. And it was hilarious because you, when he was a wrestler, wrestler, he had the whole like, uh, you know, you can't see me um, thing that he would do. And it's just funny to watch him like take that from his past to bring it into this movie where he was like having people edit him out of photos of himself in this movie that he was promoting. So I thought that was kind of funny and, and uh, cool and goofy. And, and that's uh, why I was really stoked to see him in this role. I, and I agree with you, Kevin. He's one of my favorites in this
1: I was really impressed by him, as somebody who's watched him a lot for the past 15 years. I thought he performed beyond what I thought he was capable of as an actor, and based on some of the things that his character goes through, uh, really delivered in some key moments that surprised me.
2: Yeah, and yeah, just and I, I, so I was pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised by that. He seems to have found a humorous, like, he, he, he excels in like a humorous role um, overall. And and then we also have Margot Robbie, which, you know, we can jump into, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel like every time we see Harley Quinn with Margot Robbie, it's a little different, but it, I, I feel like that's more the writing than anything. Um, yeah. But every scene she was in, I, I just, I think she's fabulous in this. Like, I, I, Loved her fight scene. I loved how they incorporated the ridiculous like colors of, you know what, probably what her view of the world is. You know that's how she sees things. Um, you know, just every time she had a one-liner, like I, I couldn't. I, I thought she was great. Um, Idris Elba, obviously as Bloodsport, was amazing. Um, <laughs> I just I was I was blown away. I couldn't believe these people agreed to do this absurd movie. You know, and that just speaks to where we are at as a culture right now that like not only can we get these crazy movies made, but you can bring together some really well respected actors and, you know, pull it off with a straight face. I
1: think that probably speaks to some of the trust that these actors have in James Gunn at this point, too, and that he really is trying to make the best movie that he possibly can in a ridiculous setting and that he excels when he has to direct an ensemble cast of some sorts. So And Margot Robbie, I think, has really found her her groove with this character in this movie. Cause I think I agree with you, Kevin, that she's was kind of portrayed differently depending on what the script and the direction was calling for in the other two movies. But I feel like they found best way to adapt that character with her portraying uh, Harley Quinn in the movie. So I
0: I thought she was great. Yeah. And as you guys know, um, I'm not the biggest uh, Margot Robbie uh, Harley Quinn fan. Um, I found her a lot less irritating in this movie. So um, (laughs) that's a compliment. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty big praise. I know it sounds like I'm just being like, oh, she was irritating. But uh, it's a pretty big praise when it comes for how much I just dislike her and dislike her portrayal of Harley Quinn in the other movies. I'm not saying I don't like Mar- Margot Robbie's great. And I've seen her in a lot of other stuff. She's great in a lot of things. I just don't like how she portray- portrays Harley Quinn a lot of times. Um, but I feel like this one she did. A, I, I feel like I was much more engaged with her. The only time I got irritated was when the long red flag monologue thing. That was a little irksome to me, but. I mean, I think the a lot of the other stuff was fun and interesting and cool, and the whole like, oh, I can go back inside. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a really you guys had. A, I could do that. It, that. I was like, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's really yeah, good. Yeah. For all of them.
2: Yeah. Um, I also or, enjoyed or when she calls Bloodsport Milton
0: at the or Milton at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No name. <money. laughs> Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that joke
2: to come back around, I
0: guess. Yeah, that, yeah. see, that I was like, that was pretty good. I was like, that was good timing, that was good writing. Um, I love the fact that Bloodsport is literally discount uh, Bullseye for, or, uh, or Deadshot from um, uh, the first one, because I'm guessing Will Smith didn't want to be involved in the setup whatsoever, so they were just like, all right, cool. Uh, Bloodsport. He kills other people. Like, it shows yeah. you how unoriginal so many bad guys are that they literally were able to make the joke inside the movie that Peacemaker and Bloodsport are incredibly similar in their backstories.
1: They actually, and that's kind of funny about that, is that uh, I think it was a scheduling thing that Will Smith just couldn't do this movie. Um, So Elba was originally going to be Deadshot and replace him in that role. And then they changed to Bloodsport so that Will Smith could be Deadshot again later, I guess, because he's still under contract. So,
0: I mean, I'm excited to see that happen where they do the whole thing where uh, Bloodsport's back and Peacemaker's back, and they do the, you know, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. raised to kill from birth, and then they do it all over again for, you know, Deadshot, and he's just like, really? We're we're all the exact same thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also got to say I really enjoyed
2: the the attempt they made to, um, how do I phrase this, to question uh, or discuss um, the issues with American imperialism, I guess, mm-hmm. is the way you would phrase it, with how they really did uh, bring into focus of, um, you know, there, there's quite a few like attempts at like, a political set, uh, statement of saying, you know, we're covering this up, and this, this squad was going there to cover it up so nobody knew, and then being like, Well, we can't just cover this up, the people have to know, and you know, like making them question themselves as like Americans being, you know, mm-hmm. in this I, I know it's a fictional country, um, but being in this and meddling with it, and the acknowledging that our role in a lot of things and around the world is a lot bigger than we know, and you know, like even uh, Waller's comment of like. When the big, I can't remember the star. What what's the name of the uh, Starro? Star, Starro the Conqueror. Staro Staro the Conqueror.
0: Pay like, what is the respect he is to yeah. heaven. Well, right. I was gonna say that, that's almost, a real almost, character too. I, know, yeah. I
2: almost I almost said Staru though from Pokemon. <laughs> that's where I was getting confused. Uh, but you know, just saying when when Starro was gonna ruin the the island, she was like, "Well, that's a benefit because they're not an ally of." America, anyway, like the, in the end, they ended up, you know, using the information to get their own freedom and kind of threw away all that. Like, it, so it didn't go all the way, but I still thought it was good that it was such a silly movie was attempting to make its characters or its audience think about their role and um, as Americans to a bunch of things that we don't know about or we don't like to talk about. Yeah, I mean, for a movie to have like jizz jokes, like three jizz jokes, and then also have a comment about. <laughs> Um, imperialism. I, I thought it was an interesting balance,
1: and then to have uh, Peacemaker, uh, Cena's yes. character, fall on the other side of that. and That's you know, it's, it's America first. You know, no matter what, and that he's going to do whatever he has to do to keep the peace, as he said. Um, that's where I thought Cena really. You know, shown through on a level that again, I I didn't expect him to, and yeah. that kind of brought the movie to another level there when there was that internal conflict amongst the squad, but it it didn't feel contrived or forced at all. It it felt like it was earned based on the characters.
2: Yeah, you know, his line was like, uh, uh, "I cherish peace. I don't care how many men and." Women, children, I kill to get it, or something like that. Like, yeah, I, I, I yeah. love that. But, but, you know, it's obviously humor, but dark humor, and, you know, definitely a statement of how we view our heroes and wars and, and all that as well. And I, you know, we'll,
1: we'll just say it outright. I wasn't surprised that Rick Flagg, you know, was, you know, killed off by Peacemaker um, during that scene um, because they were building. Bloodsport. You know, Waller tells him, "I'm going to make you a leader," and it's like, well, he can't really thrive in that role if Flag is still around, giving orders and you know, playing his part. So, I thought something had to give there, but I I was surprised that I actually. Cared that that flag was killed off because again, I like I told you guys, I didn't really care about him at all in the first movie. So right, I think I just did a better job with his character here. Yeah, the
2: entire end uh, sequence I thought it was just handled really well. Like I, mm-hmm. it, I thought if you weren't in on it, um, after that it'd be like really hard not to be. Like I just thought, you know, there yeah, there was probably pacing issues in the beginning, but by the time you got to the end and they were able to pull off that. That death, um, but also, you know, having a rat gnaw all the nerves of it, of the, the eyeball of the giant, you know, star fish. Like, I, I just thought they were able to, like, land it really well. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah.
1: I did want to spend a little bit of time talking about the villains, because we've kind of talked about the squad at length here. And, Michael, since you have more comic book knowledge than... Kevin or I do. Do you want to talk us through the villains a little bit and what they did for you, what
0: worked, what didn't, et cetera? Well, I mean, technically the suicide squad is built of villains, Jesse. So sure. which the, one, which the, villains, <laughs> the antagonist, the antagonist. Yeah. I, I think I like the fact that there was no, uh, that they didn't go through the normal route that we see with a lot of these movies where the, the bad guy is a super villain, quote unquote, Um, I like the like Kevin was saying, I did kind of enjoy that whole thing of us dealing with America, black ops, sticking our fingers in where they don't belong in other countries and, you know, South America and messing, you know, putting people in power that are favorable to our government and uh, dealing the ramifications of once that, you know, governmental structure falls apart. Um, I think I really enjoyed the fact that it was like, cool, this guy died, like this president died now this guy's in charge and then he died and then somebody else kind of got in charge for a few seconds there. And then he got also got killed. Um, So, I I mean, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that we didn't have to care about the bad guys because we had so many great characters in our team to care about. I feel like that actually was really nice is that I don't care that they killed off Starro the the Conqueror just because he technically could come back, but also he's, kind of a he he's a weird uh a villain kaiju monster thing in the comic book world universe anyways uh because he is a hive mind uh type thing and he can you know if one of those little starfish things survived then he can you know thrive someplace else so, it was, so he, in, in the comic he... the, the
1: kaiju joke too
0: yeah the, yeah kaiju yeah <laughs> that 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 admittedly when they made that joke i was like oh god this is really irritated by that but um i he yeah, the delivery he, on the, that joke was a little off for me but yeah i i thought it, i didn't think it was for me i was like uh, that joke wasn't made for me yeah, i i don't I, I enjoy kaiju movies and i don't think it was made it was definitely <laughs> not for me um
2: wait so in the comic he was the same kind of thing that like he would shoot starfish uh, and they would land on people's faces like this and control them and were yes! they dead and turn them into zombies like the same kind so, of- okay
0: so that was actually something i did want to bring up um i did kind it did kind of bug me that they were like absolved our heroes heroes air quotes of all you know sin for killing a bunch of people because they're like as soon as it latches on they're dead well there's like some pretty iconic imagery of like the entire justice league having star sorrow I don't actually know what they're called um, kids face suckers. <laughs> I don't know on their faces. So that is kind of a, a comic book thing that I feel like I don't know enough about him as a bad guy. He's kind of a weird one that pops up every once in a while. Um, but I am pretty sure he doesn't kill people instantly as soon as they, his, his starfishes latch onto your face. But I mean, it's there, there's him getting really big. That's classic. One of the, I think it's actually one of the first comic books uh that the Justice League were together. One of the very <laughs> early Yeah, I know this is a random thing. Uh one of the Justice League comics, uh, Justice League of America. When it came out, it was uh the brave and the bold. It it has a picture of like uh Ma- Martian Manhunter, the Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and uh Green Lantern fighting this like giant starfish looking thing, which we know mm-hmm. as Star uh Star-O the Conqueror, <laughs> the <start-up>. so... <laughs> Start... Yeah, dang it, Kevin. Um... <laughs> So, and he's also like come back around in other things. He's been in Justice League Unlimited. I feel like he's also been in um, Batman Batman Beyond, where he takes over Superman for like decades. I think it is is what it's implied. And if he comes and goes. He was a Red Lantern at one point in the Darkest Night uh, sequence. So, of storyline in the comics too. So that's that's a fun thing. Um, yeah, he's I, it was a cool. It was a cool villain. I feel so. I, I mean, at the end, I feel so bad for him. Like when he's just like, I just liked floating and looking at the stars. And i was yeah. like, oh, my God. And that goes bad. back to America is
2: the, the real bad guy here. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, so I, so
2: I, I had seen something and I only briefly read it where James Gunn had said he originally wanted us. And I don't know if you saw this, wanted Superman as the villain um in some
0: capacity did you see that article no i didn't but i wonder if it was somehow linked to to this type of thing because that's that that is the thing that happens is that uh superman consistently gets mind controlled uh by insert alien thing here and he like goes bad for a second so it might have been something yeah
2: well and he i mean he had said that but i thought he so he had said he originally wanted superman but then um he scrapped, scraped it when he realized a star would be a better villain to fight. So it wasn't that they were connected. No. I don't know if he said what he envisioned exactly. Um, but because there was too much, like, mess of where Superman was in the universe, you know, like with Baggage. all the... Yeah, with, with, with all the DC movies, it's kind like, of you know, like, do I even want to pick this up? Like, this is going to be, you know, especially... <laughs> Not that he knew the Snyder Cut was actually coming out, but, you know, there's just so many moving pieces that he just thought, like, a fresh... Well, a fresh villain in in the movie universe, at least, would be a better way to go. Um, but I didn't know if you uh, would have rather seen a, another bad guy, or I don't know how obscure Staro was. Like, I, I don't know. It felt, like, ridiculous enough to me that I, I really enjoyed it.
0: That's... I mean, he is he is a ridiculous villain. I mean... He's I, I've seen him before. I've seen him in a lot of other stuff. So like, I think when I saw one of the uh, original trailers, I instantly know who, I, I was like, Oh, it's the giant starfish that mind controls people from that. The, the, from the comics. Cool. All right. Awesome. That's I was like, that's a fun thing. Like, let's see how they deal with that and how they deal with that. They cover their faces for like 10 seconds. And then yeah. he I never that was, does that, that, that ever again. Ridiculous they're like cover your faces and then they did a half-ass
2: job like they bear like th- 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 i think this I... movie was filmed before covid too so it's even <laughs> more absurd
0: that like all the <laughs> army did not know how to like cover their face for a second well um, i i think even at one point like at least rat catcher like puts on like a full gas mask yes i'm pretty yes. sure like in the back scene one point either i can't remember if it was Bloodsport or harley quinn but literally all they're doing is like slightly bending over and putting their hands over their face. Like yeah, that. And then and then like yeah, he stop he decides to stop
2: sending those out of his armpit. Like, like come on, you could have caught him you could have caught them a little while later and, and killed them instantly. Yeah. But that was a little ridiculous. Like I at least thought they'd get like a, a you know, tear off a sleeve and cover their face completely. <laughs> Can you imagine star comes a year later instead of that time and everyone's just already wearing their yeah. COVID face masks. <laughs> and then it's like,
0: Oh, we're not really worried about you, buddy. Why don't you just go enjoy, go enjoy the stars. Uh, I mean, you say that and I think about um, there's a Rick and Morty episode that either this, I think it was this past I- season uh mm. where literally there's like face huggers and i, one of the I characters. literally just watched that right before like a, a, a half an hour ago Well, see there you go so literally, all you need all they need to do is solve this problem is have a toothpick in their mouth and then <laughs> <laughs> that's that's they should have they should have done that and it would have gotten so much uh, I'm, nerd I'm, credit is just having a, one of them with a toothpick
2: yeah. I'm a toothpicker now. Deal with it. No, I I literally just saw that. Yeah, and I I, I was like, I can't believe I've watched so much face hugging media lately. Um, but because I I was instantly thinking, it's 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 in the fourth season. In case anyone wants to go back, it's like episode seven or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Promodius, and it it was very entertaining. Yes, the the toothpick saves the day for everyone. <laughs> but.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think it was. It was all good. It, the Amanda Waller was a little frustrating. She was kind of an antagonist in this, but um, I think her team was more irritating to me than anything. All of them are dead, FYI. If this was the real Amanda Waller and they did that shit, they would all be dead. Amanda Waller would not have them go off on another mission. They would um, be the fuck dead.
2: Well, okay, if we're, you know, if, if COVID's real,
0: though, it is really hard to hire right now, so maybe they just got lucky <laughs> nope. and... all dead. <laughs> Amanda Waller would have run that shit by herself before she let <laughs> people that literally knocked her the... out. No. All uh, dead. Yeah, no,
2: I mean, you're probably completely right. I was I was a little surprised to see them to go get Peacemaker at the end um, in that secret scene. Yeah, I, I at least thought, you know, they would at least have been Punished with some like other like being janitors or something, you know? <laughs> or put on a Suicide Squad mission. Like why don't you use them? I, I know they don't have any powers, but if you the, you know the next decoy team, yeah, yeah, you know, like, or put them in the Tomorrow War. For that to happen. <laughs> That's a real punishment there. <laughs> uh, so Michael, you you
1: didn't mind the villains, you were yep. okay there, you you liked the cast, but it was. Really about the execution of everything kind of rubbed you
0: raw. Yeah, I just, I feel, I wanted, I just didn't feel like, kind of hard to explain, but I had, I had high hopes for this. I really did. I really wanted this to be like the second coming, or the first coming? No, second coming. Wonder Woman was pretty great. Um, The second coming (laughs) of the DC universe. Like, that's, or the, the cinematic universe for them. I really wanted this to be like, oh my gosh, how funny, how great, how violent how quirky this movie was and i felt like it had shining moments of it but then there were parts of it where i was just like Ugh, i don't like i this doesn't make sense why are they doing this my suspension of disbelief was very easily broken several times and it became a thing of like why why is this happening oh it's happening for plot reasons like there's these are not choices that these characters would actually make they're making them because the script told them to make it so that's kind of like where I was a little disappointed on it was that still good. I'm just not going to go out of my way to find it and watch it again for probably a very long time.
2: Maybe you're just upset because we canceled seeing the movie together and you were just in a bad state. You, you missed your friends.
0: Yeah, that's that. That's actually, yeah, I'll just always tie that to being not being able to hang uh, out with my Otherwise
2: brothers. we would have been laughing, uh,
0: you know, together in
2: the aisles, of the movie theater. and <laughs> It would have been a, such a good memory. Because you've never had a complaint about a movie when you know we've seen it together in person, obviously. No, nope, never. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I get, it. I know, I, I guess um, again, I didn't have any expectations, so maybe that was the big difference. Like mm-hmm. I knew this was coming out. I knew the first one was like kind of a joke, uh, like, not not a good joke, and <laughs> it seemed kind of like they're giving another shot. Okay, what the hell? Like let's let's give it a shot, and especially the fact that it was on HBO Max, and I didn't have to pay for anything. Um, it was just a good old time, but if you're going to break it down, yeah, lots of, a lot of logic is missing. But then again, they did have Sylvester Stallone as a, as a talking shark man. Um, and so I guess it is hard though. You still should be able to, um, even with ridiculousness, you should be able to suspend your disbelief and enjoy it without plot holes and stuff coming up. Um, so I, I see your point. I'm not disregarding it. I just had fun. And I can't believe we, this is the first time we've talked about King Shark. I feel like that's that's the greatness of this movie. There's just so much, there's so much there in, in my opinion that we don't I, even we can't even maybe yeah. we should have like gone person by person and talked about you know what we liked <laughs> and didn't like about him, because you know, there is a lot to say about a lot of these. We haven't even talked about Sebastian the rat, like the, the greatest <laughs> CGI animal of all time at the end we... when he's being pet and it's like looks like my dog, and I'm like, I, I want a rat now.
1: The the friendliest, friendliest, most capable rat outside of Ratatouille and Mouse <laughs> Hunts in the the movies is Sebastian the Rat. Yeah. Um, I watched this with my wife, which kudos to her because she did not want to see this at all, but she was <laughs> a good sport about it since we didn't get to go to the theater. And by and large, she got the most laughs out of uh, so sylvester stallone's shark man by yeah. far like king shark king shark yeah i think particularly you know when he's going nom nom and he <laughs> starts to chomp dudes and <laughs> stuff like that like that all worked for her and i usually kind of get my cues on how well things would work for a more general audience because she doesn't uh, care about a lot of uh, DC stuff. Um, I get some more cues on that based on how she
2: reacts to things. So, I did yep. think about that. I was trying to figure out if I should show this movie to uh, my wife Carrie, and I guess she might listen to this and watch it because that's what happened when she listened to our other podcasts. But, um, <laughs> and I was like, I, I I could see her by the end being happy with it, but there was so much weird shit. I I don't even know how she would react to it. Um, <laughs> and that's I guess why I was surprised. Like, I feel like it's gotten pretty. I guess I don't know. I feel like it's gotten really good acclaim overall. Um, I know it didn't do well at the box office, but a lot of that's that COVID is, and, and, yeah. and putting it in HBO Max, but I, f- I feel like it's been well-received, but it's it's still just so weird to me. and like I'm happy that it's weird, and I'm happy that people are finding enjoyment mm-hmm. to it. Yeah.
1: It's hard to believe
2: that This is a movie that exists in the same
1: universe, and we'll go off as the first Wonder Woman, their other most critically acclaimed film, because it's just so different in virtually every way. I was gonna
2: say, yeah, I I thought you were gonna go with like the Snyderverse, but yeah, either way, either way, it does seem wild that, like, yeah, if you have Wonder Woman jump into a Suicide Squad movie, you know, like, how does that fit?
1: That, that, too. I, I mean, definitely different from the verse. But if you're looking at, you know, the movies that have, I guess, been had the most acclaim or been, you know, uh, well, most received. well received, yeah. it's definitely been this and the first Wonder Woman. And if you were going to decide as a studio, well, which direction do we want to go in based <laughs> off of
2: how our best movies did?
1: oh god these are completely well, different ends of the spectrum
2: and what's even funnier about that is like the wonder woman one versus wonder woman 1984 or whatever oh, the, the stark differences and then the suicides or uh, suicide squad versus the, sui- the suicide squad <laughs> like the stark difference between that like they like, flip-flopped like there can only like they can only have like one good one in each couple of movies i don't in it like yeah it is wild the ride we've taken from the original wonder woman to this semi-remake of the suicide squad and in between those are the only two movies that people enjoyed
1: which i think is an excellent segue as we enter the back end of our episode here um so how are you guys feeling on you know dc's overall direction We're kind of moving past the Snyderverse now. Um, DC has said they want James Gunn back if he wants to come back and do another movie. They didn't necessarily say that would be another Suicide Squad. It could be something else. Um, We have the new The Batman with Robert Pattinson uh, coming out next year. They're doing The Flash movie, and Ezra Miller is going to be back in that. Um, They're also... You know, bringing in Michael Keaton's Batman, Uh, Batfleck will be in that as well. Uh, That's maybe going to kind of be a a hard reset of this universe. That's confirmed. I'm
2: sorry,
1: I didn't
2: I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: confirmed. Um, That's they're saying maybe they'll set up different universes or just do a hard reset with that movie. Obviously, we don't know yet. So these are just some of the things that are coming down the pike. Um, But then. We've also had, you know, things like Ava DuVernay's New Gods movie get canceled, which I think was a bummer for this group and uh, fans of hers who wanted to see what a superhero movie from her would look like. Um, So it's just it doesn't really feel like to me that they have this all figured out yet. And I I'm skeptical personally on, you know, how. Successful, they're going to be able to kind of bring this together and you know stay on one course here moving forward. But uh, Kevin is the guest. What are what are your thoughts on you know where DC is heading right now?
2: Oh God, okay, I'm the least qualified to answer this one. But it, so I mean, it still seems like such a mess to me. Like, and I, I I understand COVID's caused a lot of issues with their plans, like everybody else's. Um, but the last. Correct me if I'm wrong. So the last three DC things I've seen are the Suicide Squad, um, the 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 uh, Snyder Cut, and Wonder Woman 1984. Right, and that's all basically this calendar year. Um, right. 19, 1984 came out like what Christmas of last year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and those are three like completely different things, um, and I don't see where they were heading pre-COVID, you know, with that, with Wonder Woman and and the Suicide Squad were what what, what their plan was. Now, afterwards, I feel like they've hopefully learned the lesson of letting their, you know, talent lead their projects, and hopefully that's what they lean into, although I'm not sure I have that trust built there anymore. I'm not, so I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I think I've been burned too much to be positive about it, and I am, you know, historically much more of a, Marvel fan. And, you know, I've never really been a DC guy even before all the movies you know, all, all the MCU and all that stuff. So I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. But it's not I, I, it's not like I feel great about this, especially because I know James Gunn went back to Marvel to make Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm dying to wait for his. When would not have that uh, cooking. Um, so I don't know. I, if, I feel like hopefully they sit back and they've learned their lesson of like, okay, we need to let our artists you know, shine through their ideas and let comic book movies be whatever they want them to be. Um, but I'm not feeling
0: 100% confident in that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Miguel, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's I still feel like this is a rudderless ship um, and the rudder's broken on this ship um (laughs) taking on water yeah yeah i I feel like it's they're they're trying to bail it out they're trying they're trying different things and i appreciate that and i commend them for that but i also feel like it's crazy to me that this is the same company warner brothers that owns the rights to this that has such a like the reason i know so much about dc comics is because of literally the animated stuff that they have The Justice League stuff, Batman, the animated series, Superman. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the reason I know so much about DC. It's not because I was super into the comics and my dad was into Marvel. So that's how I know so much about Marvel is because he taught me and I went through those comics. And this is how I learned about the DC world and did a little bit of like did some comic book reading in there. But it just baffles me that these people that were in charge of those things that are part of, um, you know, what is our childhood or our generation's childhood. Now the, now this, this huge driving force in the media and they're not putting them in charge of this stuff. They aren't like having them help, you know, lead the helm um, and be the captain of this ship. And Mm -hmm. it's just baffling to me that they're not doing that. So I'm not entirely sure I'm, Ask me when we watch the the Batman. What is the what's the new Batman movie called? I don't know. The Batman. The Batman. Yeah. Like the the animated show that everyone hated. <laughs> yes. That one. Wow. That bodes well. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. I, I'm curious to see where this goes, but I, I I don't have high hopes right now for it. But I could be very wrong. They could turn it all around with flashpoint in the snyder verse and i don't know i'm excited if they're bringing michael keaton in though because that could be like batman beyond like old bruce that i'm excited for batman beyond if they do that even if it's horrifically bad i'll just be excited to watch it so
1: if they don't pull the trigger on batman beyond live action when they have fucking michael keaton back in the fold i will (laughs) i think that's the end for dc because that's just a slam dunk
2: Right yeah, there. even even I know that that's a slam dunk as a non-DCer. <laughs> like I love Batman Beyond. Yeah, so yeah, that oh my
1: god, that, that's a whole another level of incompetence right there. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my thoughts. I would say I think all that's fair. I part of my problem with what DC is doing is they they clearly rejected what Snyder was trying to do in the direction that he wanted to take this in. So they brought in, um, you know, Wonder Woman was a good success. They wanted to keep, you know, Patty Jenkins on board to do the sequel. I thought that movie was atrocious, uh, 84. Um, They have James Wan over here doing Aquaman, which is super campy, cheesy, comic book style movies. And he's going to do the sequel. And then they do, you know, they have Birds of Prey and then they have this movie, which are very much not for kids and R-rated and, you know, gratuitous violence and, you know, cursing throughout. And it's, I'm kind of confused about who their target audience is overall for this universe that they're trying to build, because you can't. Show all of this to kids, and some of this is not, you know, super appealing to us as adults because of, you know, the quality issues that they have here. So it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to even gather, you know, who they're trying to appeal to. I don't know
2: if I'm reading too
1: much into that or not, but it, no,
2: it's true. They, they've never had a clear path. Even um, when the, a clear path has been set for them by Marvel, they cannot seem to get. They cannot just seem to decide if they, yeah, want to be for kids, be for adults, be unique or follow Marvel's path. Like what you know, what do they want? They, and, it, and I'm sure it's just more of an executive incompetence than anything. Yeah. And maybe,
1: you know, they're banking on the Flash movie kind of being the thing that resets all of this, and then they can kinda just have a clean slate with things, but I don't know. They don't. They don't have a, a Kevin Feige, really, who's you know the, the sure hand you know, guiding all of this. And that was part of the issue I had with the last Star Wars trilogy as well. Is that they just they had no clear roadmap about what they were trying to accomplish. So I don't feel very good <laughs> about any of this. I you know, will keep watching because I'm a fan of these characters, and I'm you know curious to see what they do with the next Batman. And of course, you know, bringing Michael Keaton back in the fold, I think is cool. i so curious to see what happens there, but overall it's hard. I think whether you're a DC fan or not to feel like you're not going to get burned again and to be able to trust that they're they'll pull this off, which is sad because it should be so easy. Michael, these are some of the most popular characters in the world. And they've,
2: they did such a good job, as you said, with the animated side. So that's, that's frustrating.
0: Yeah. So sad.
2: Yeah. And how, I mean, how many times you just said it again, like, oh, maybe they're banking on flash to kind of like reset and mm-hmm. reset our expectations. But how many, how many times is that going to happen? Like, I feel like it happened with wonder woman. Like we actually had a reset, you know, and then nothing for years or like, yeah, for years. You know, it's just how often are they going to be looking for that reset to guide... Like they're, they're searching for their Iron Man, you know, forever and ever. Like, the starting point of their universe, right? Like, their consistent, clear universe, but it just seems like it's never going to happen. And maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they should just do what, you know, Christopher Nolan did with Batman and just leave them as their own things um, and try to make them as excellent as possible and not try to make an, a whole universe, but they can't <laughs> seem to decide what they want to do either. Yeah. 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 Sad, but
1: true. Any other thoughts here, guys on the suicide squad? We wrap things up.
2: I mean, I can't believe we didn't talk about um, polka dots, polka dot man's mom being <laughs> cgi all over everything. thing i thought that was a great thing but. Yep. Michael, how
0: did that joke land for you i like that that was funny i like the yeah. idea that i mean polka dot man's a ridiculous character in himself so i mean i yeah. like that whole thing that they like gave him. like the main cast i feel like they did a really good job with i don't there was really no complaints i had with these new characters being introduced emphasis on new characters being introduced Mm-hmm. um in their in the main like core group. So I think I mean Ratcatcher, uh King Shark or yeah, King Shark, uh Polka Dot man they, they all were solid and I think they all had their moments to shine and kind of the tug on the heartstrings when they could and yeah. Good stuff.
1: Good stuff. Well, the Suicide Squad is still on HBO Max, so if stuck with us for this long. Also Stone theaters. we just spoiled the shit out of it for you, but if you're curious, you know, feel free to check it out. Um, thank you, Kevin, for yeah. being on again. Apparently you're only getting the invite when it's DC or Snyder. So I guess whatever's next in that group is be back like yeah the tomorrow war so
2: <laughs> yeah Love well thanks for it. having me i thought it was funny that this is the only movie i've been on that i haven't pitched a new uh titles for because it obviously <laughs> didn't needed a new title um, even talking about it was hor- horrible um but i think i was like you know they obviously didn't even try with this so i'm not gonna try to come up with any clever clever <laughs> names but no thank you for having me and i look forward to when we talk about you know whatever terrible dc movie comes up next
1: awesome awesome i think next time michael will probably be talking about the bad batch since that just wrapped up mm-hmm. its first season so if you're a fan of that uh, look for that episode next time and hey. pass. Kevin,
2: what's, the ba- what's, what's the bad Batch? <laughs>
1: it's, the, it's the uh star wars animated series it's a sequel slash spinoff of the Clone Wars animated series.
2: Wait, it's called The
1: Bad Batch?
0: Yes. (laughs) Okay.
2: How would I... I would have never
0: known that that was a Star Wars thing. (laughs) I I mean, I think it's technically like a Star Wars story, The Bad Batch or something. It's something like that.
1: Star Wars, The Bad Batch or something? Yeah.
2: Why would you you call it that? The Bad Batch were the prequel movies. It's a bad batch of movies.
1: It's a reference from like, one of the team. It, it's a whole thing. All right. So there's that. Um, in your defense, when my wife first uh, heard about that show, she thought it said the bad bitch. Yeah.
2: That that, was... That'd be even better. And then it was like a uh, follows like C3PO getting in his antics or something. You know, yeah. That, that would be a good, that'd be a good show. <laughs> And that's, that's a running joke. Hey,
1: hey, honey, you want to watch next episode of the bad bitch? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. So.
2: Wow. Okay. I, 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 if you would have quizzed me before and asked me what I thought the bad batch was, I would have never, <laughs> ever gotten to star Wars, but okay. Uh, good. Good for you. <laughs>
1: All righty. So Michael, you want to take us home here?
0: Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take us out here. Um, thank you so much for listening to hit the real the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Um, We appreciate you listening, and feel free to share out our podcast to someone that might be interested in the Suicide Squad. And also feel free to reach out if uh, we got something wrong in this episode or you'd like to share your opinion on uh, something we said. uh, You can email us at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Also feel free to check out our Patreon in the description of this episode. Uh, We're trying to grow our little (laughs) endeavor here a little bit more, trying to get some better technology, maybe looking to do some live stuff here in the future. So uh, feel free to take a look at that. But hey, like always, keep it real.